Welcome to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. My name is Coach JC, and I am your coach. Each week, we bring you an inspiring, winning story, an empowering, motivating, winning word so that you can be your best and win more in life. Thank you for joining us today, and now it's time for you to be fit for duty and fit for life. All right, all right. Hey guys, Coach JC here with Fit First Responders. Man, we want to just welcome you to this podcast. Man, we're super stoked that you're here. If you're here right now, the chances are that you are one of the finest, the bravest, the toughest, and the baddest first responders out there. And first of all, we just want to thank you for all that you do every single day, putting your life on the line, and thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for life. I am super stoked today. We have a guest in the house house and I'm going to get to introduce this young man that I get to look at for the next 20 minutes. Man, we're super stoked. But before we do go there, if you are a frequent listener to this podcast, then you know how I roll. Just like you train your body, you train your mind. And we do have our fit first responder winning confession. So if you're with me right now, you know how we roll. Just repeat after me. Today is my day. No one will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am powerful. And I am unstoppable. I am fearless. I choose faith. I am fit for duty. I am fit for life. All right, FFR, we're about to kick this show off. Man, thanks again for being here, and I'm going to get right into it. If you are a part of Fit First Responders and FFRonline.tv, you know right now we're doing some exciting, cool things uh, in helping first responders be fit for duty and fit for life through our four pillars, focus, fitness, food, and family. And don't forget that fifth one that you know we stand for and what we're about, and it's the faith pillar, baby. So today, I am here, and I am going to introduce you to a special guest that I'm honored and privileged to have on the show today. We have Mr. Stacy Etel on the show from law enforcement, a law enforcement officer, all right, from StacyEttel.com. And we're going to talk about some really cool things today. Um, first of all, I do want to throw out the website right now. So if you want to get on there right now while we're talking and check out what my man is doing, feel free to do that. But it's Law Enforcement Advocacy Network. And he is the executive director and a police officer, a law enforcement officer. So Stacy, without further ado, man, I just want to welcome you to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life, FFR Online, and the podcast. How are you doing, my man? I'm awesome, JC. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Here and uh, it's nice to be in Oklahoma. Come on, some man! Time with you, yeah. And I'm super stoked. You did say that that this is your first time in yep. Oklahoma. Yep, just flew in from Louisiana doing some uh, disaster work down there, volunteer wise with my wife, and flew into Oklahoma. Never been here, and it's nice to be here. Man, well, we are excited you're here in Oklahoma, and here's what I do want to do. I always like to give the guest on the show just an opportunity to introduce yourself. Obviously, I let the uh, listeners know that you are uh, a law enforcement officer and that you run a, a website, and that's all great. We're going to get into that, but I just want you to tell the listeners a little about you, man. How, what, how'd you grow up? Anything that you think they need to hear just to resonate with you and get to know you on a little more intimate scale right now? You know, I got such a blessed story. I grew up, uh, I've grown up in Florida my whole life. My parents used to own an alligator farming Florida, which is kind of cool. You know? Nobody knows about that, especially out here in Oklahoma. But uh, uh, my parents were killed when I was a kid as a, by a drunk driver. And uh, 
Uh, I moved away and lived with some other family members and uh, uh, graduated from high school and joined the United States Navy and served in the Navy for a little bit and, and met my wife when I was 20 years old. Uh, my wife's parents were killed in a double murder-suicide domestic-related. And uh, so there was a lot of issues going on there. Both of us kind of orphaned and, and had to move forward in life on our own. And, and uh, both of us were Christians, and we kind of grew from that. You know, we were able to carry that with us, got married at a young age, and uh, got into law enforcement, been married 25 years, been in law enforcement over 20 years, had two kids. They've graduated and moved on. One's in the medical field and one's in the emergency management field. And uh, I'm out here with Law Enforcement Advocacy Network, uh, you know, kind of introducing that in conjunction with uh, lawsford.com and 10-4 Ministries. So excited to be out here. Really happy to be on your show, JC, and uh, looking forward to talking about a lot of things. Man, thanks for sharing that. And, and, and I want to dive right in because you said some really amazing things there that I think there's listeners out there right now saying, wait, hold up, rewind that. Did he really say his parents were killed as a kid. Did he really say his wife's parents were killed in double homicide? And, and did you say homicide or suicide? Double murder, suicide. Yeah. I mean, so so I think we just want to rewind for a sure. second because Fit for Duty and Fit for Life is a website that really equips our first responders to, yes, be fit for duty on the job, Correct. but most importantly, fit for life. And I know right uh, right now you started this website, Law Enforcement Advocacy Network, for a specific reason. But let's just take a step back and talk about fit for life. I mean, we all have stories that we grow up with, right? And obviously you had a story, we had a stories, and then life hits, right. right? What do you do when life hits? What do you do when that story you created for yourself all of a sudden gets turned upside down? And, you know, I look at you right now and I say, wow, I didn't even know that about you. And there's probably listeners that say, wait, you really went through that? And we all go through stuff in life. So uh, talk to me a little about how did you cope at that time? You weren't, you weren't law enforcement just yet. You were a young kid. Man, what was the emotions you were going through? How did you get through at that time and still go on to do great things and be a police officer and make the impact that you're making today that our listeners are going to learn a lot about? Well, I think the thing is I was a really small child when my, kill, when my parents were killed. So I, obviously I wasn't, there wasn't an attachment there. But I was raised in an environment where you really never felt like that person's kid. Uh, but you leaned on other things. And for me, I had neighbors and friends that were involved in church. So that's the route I went. I, I, I kind of leaned on my relationship with church. As a matter of fact, if I did something wrong as a young kid, my discipline was I didn't go to church. So that was important to me in my development. Um, and talking with my wife, you know, she went through the chaos as a young child with a lot of other stuff going on. But her battle was, was you know, people didn't believe in her after her parents died. They were like, well, you know, what's your future? What kind of opportunities do you have? And she had enough inner strength and enough faith to take off and lean on those things that were supportive for her. And I think that's those were the two biggest things for us that helped us get through those things that back then. And, and I tell people this, um, every human being has a card dealt to them. And what do they do with that deck of cards that's in their pocket? Do they pull it out and play it or do they leave it hidden in their pockets? And I've always believed that whatever's been dealt to us, we lay that deck of cards down, we pull those cards out, we let people see them. And that's what I'm doing. That's why we're here today. And that's why I'm involved with these other organizations to play our deck of cards. Wow, man. And if you're listening right now, you know, you, you, know, you said two things, Stacey that our website is all about. You said community. You said at that time that there was people around you in the community, neighbors and friends, that kind of linked arms with you and helped you get through a tough time. Uh, FFR Online was built for that. There's so many first responders right now in our world that feel isolated, that are doing life alone. And at FFR, we always tell everybody that gets on this website, no one does life alone. It's not a suggestion. If you're part of FFR, you know, online.tv, man, we strongly suggest if you want to be part of this, this family, you got to connect. 
Right. And um, you, you said that, which is cool. And then the other part you, you talked about is really drawing us something a little deeper, faith. Right. You know, and, and if you're out there today and, and you're part of this uh, family of FFR, you know we're big on what, uh, what we stand for and what we believe. And we're not shy to talk about the faith and we're going to get more into that. But what I do want you to continue to talk about, you didn't even dig into really why you started Law Enforcement Advocacy Network. And your story doesn't end there. Your story doesn't end with parents were killed as a kid, wife parents were killed in double homicide. Then you go on and do great things. You become uh, a police officer, you're, you're a law enforcement. Talk to me. The story's not over. There's no. a lot. Get, no. get into it, man. I want to hear it, man. I just, I know I just was a blessed and privileged to learn a little about your story, but why was Law Enforcement Advocacy Network created? It was created and you are the executive director for a reason. You created that nonprofit to make change because of something you went through in your life as a law enforcement officer. That's correct. correct. Share with us, boss. Absolutely. I had a phenomenal career. Uh, I started in 1993 and just kind of took off, worked for the same agency up until the time that I was separated in, in 2010. So I did 17 years and uh, it couldn't have been in a better career. Never disciplined, never had any issues, promoted very rapidly, was a lieutenant and uh, was running big events, was running major college football events, running big high dignitary protection stuff and, and high profile events and concerts and couldn't have been any better. Phenomenal career. And, and then one night, uh, the patrol personnel got a call of a, of a guy who was having some, uh, some issues and uh, was causing a disturbance down in his apartment complex. And, and uh, some of our, our sergeants, some deputies, or some sergeants, some officers responded to that location. And they spent some time down there talking with him. And while they were there, he threatened to shoot them. And it just turned into kind of a chaotic situation. So I responded as a watch commander and brought some, uh, some of our third officers to the scene. And uh, there are rifle-ready officers. And we spent some time for about 90 minutes talking to him. And he was foreign. He talked some, some foreign language. And I wasn't really sure much about him. I didn't know anything about him. And he was having some issues. And um, after about 90 minutes, I brought in his dean of his school to talk to him. They tried to communicate with him. And it just didn't work out. And finally, he shut down. And, you know, once you get to a certain level, you got to make decisions. And uh, I made a decision as a command staff personnel to, uh, to enter his residence, thinking he had already decided to take his own life. And we forced entry into him and uh, into his residence. We found him uh, on the other side of a fold-out couch. And he was armed with a, a, a big butcher knife and a table leg with a screw sticking out of it. And we engaged him. Uh, the first guy that engaged him had a taser and saw the, um, saw the knife. Wasn't sure whether he was going to use it on himself or towards somebody else because he was at the time he was seated. So he engaged him with a taser. And the taser was got residual but wasn't real effective. So the individual started to stand up. So he dropped the cartridge and fired a second taser. And the individual kept coming around the edge of the bed. So the next person in the line shot him with four beanbag rounds out of a 12-gauge shotgun, four less lethal actions again. He wasn't even affected by the four less lethal right. rounds. He's continued to come towards the, the, the five of us. So the third officer, as, as the individual is starting to swing that metal rod down towards the first officer, the third officer in line shoots him with a rifle in the mouth and uh, knocks him unconscious. And I jump off the bed and I grab him, and he's bleeding, obviously. And we try to... Um, uh, we immediately start rendering aid. We secure the scene, render aid. And, and, you know, as a commander on something like that, you got a lot of things going on. You got an officer who just pulled a trigger. He's a young officer, 26 years old, been married a month at the time. And you got a 24 year veteran sergeant in there. And you got a couple other officers on the scene. You got yourself. And you're trying to render aid to an individual that you've had to take action on. And a lot of things going on. And it could not have gone any smoother from a law enforcement perspective. Unfortunately, we had to take some type of action. But from a standpoint of tactics, it went the way it was supposed to go. 
So the scene was secure. We turned it over to another agency to investigate. They investigated it, but you know, the protest started and all the negative attention happened and there was five white officers involved and a, the gentleman we shot was a black male from Africa. And so he just turned into this chaotic scene and um, they cleared us. State attorney cleared us. The state department, Florida department of law enforcement cleared us and everybody said, Hey, tactically this thing went really well, but there was too much attention. And the agency did their internal, and at the end of the day, they held me on policy failures not related to the actual shooting, but related to notifications of command staff and utilized the personnel. And I lost my, my job on it. Wow. And losing your job is not the big deal on these things. In law enforcement around the country that, are, that get up and go to work every day, when we started law enforcement, we always said we never want to be scared of getting injured. We always worried about getting injured or killed on our job. But it's changed. Mm. Now we worry about getting indicted and unemployed because what happens is when we get when things like that happen like me what opportunities are out there for me now mm. i'm the only stacy Attell in the world and so when you apply for jobs who's going to hire you mm. what's your value to society after you've been ridiculed by the media and what are you ridiculed for for making decisions that a lot of people never or will have to make in their life wow and that's what happened so i stayed out of i stayed unemployed for years you know trying to get jobs i was doing a little contract work here and there and couldn't get anything solid and had some opportunities some other places and um, uh, tried to work it, but people won't let you stay there with your name. So you have to go back into law enforcement. You have to go back to what you're at. You have to go back at a lower level and start again. And that's kind of what happened. Wow, man. Unbelievable. Crazy. Man, you're here. What year was that? That was in 2010. So you're here now in 2016 and you're sharing something that happened in 2010, which back there, a story like that was you know, more rare than you're hearing nowadays. You know, now, now you're looking at where we are right now in 2016 and all the craziness going on in our world. Man, I, I can honestly say as, you know, a coach and a chosen coach to many first responders out there from over 35 agencies now and the stories I hear, um, man, I, I don't know if I'd ever want to be a, a, a police officer nowadays, law enforcement, <laughs> because of what you just said. Right. It, that's scary that as a hero, as someone that puts your life on the line every single day, puts a uniform on, commits to really put yourself aside and what's most important for you to protect a community that just one instance that could all be taken away from you. Yep. And I honestly believe that everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. So I'm not sitting here and I know you're not sitting here playing victim. That's no, not what we're doing. We're sharing this story for a reason because now you start a nonprofit to help bring awareness to this. And you know, right now we're dealt with what happened in Dallas, yep. you know, with the, with the heroes gunned down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And you know, there's so many people out there, advocacies that are, that are looking to create change and figure out, man, how do we bring the dignity and respect back to law enforcement and first responders? Man, you want to make a country great again. It starts there. Correct. You've got to bring that respect back. So, man, I want, I want to dive into something real quick because our website is uh, about being fit for duty. That's the first part of the, the website slogan. The second part is fit for life. So I want to talk to you really quick about being fit for duty. Do you, at that point, you have to make these split decisions. You have to have clarity in your mindset. You got to be physically ready as a police officer. And there's so many law enforcement nowadays. There's so many first responders, medics, you know, firefighters, National Guard, that, and we, we, we talk about this. They're not fit for duty. They are not physically and mentally prepared and equipped to do their job. And we always are stressing how important that is because you'd be put in a decision uh, situation where you have to make a split decision like you had to make. So I know you're a cyclist. I know you put a lot of emphasis on your food and nutrition. And 
you being fit for duty at that time, did that play a role in you being confident and having the self-esteem to do what you need to do and act the way you need to act? You brought a really good word up, the word confident. And I think that's a huge issue. When you have the confidence in your decision-making and you've prepared your body and your mind for making decisions, when you make those decisions, you lay your head down that night after it's over and you know you did the best thing at that time that you could do Come based on. on your status. And if you are confident in your belief, then you'll never wander from your statements, from your beliefs and your decisions. And that's what happened. I was confident. I was confident that night. I'm still confident to this day. I've never lost sleep because of my decisions because I believe that I prepared myself mentally, physically, and, and my soul could make decisions that I felt like I'd be able to stand on. So I always felt comfortable with it. It's huge. That's huge. a powerful word. And I think huge. those first responders out there right now need to hear that. You can uh, hit pause, you can rewind and replay that part because there's a lot of first responders that we see every single day, Stacy, that don't have the confidence to win in life. Something That's happened right. in life, a circumstance, a situation, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationship-wise, on the job or off the job, as a, as a parent, uh, you know, financially, and all of a sudden they're broken, they're down and out. Yep. And um, the second part of our, you know, organization was built the whole on fit for life. I mean, if you're a fit for us, if you're a part of our foundation out there and you're part of the website, then you know, without a doubt that we put just as much emphasis on being fit for life. So I want to talk to you about that for a second because your life was turned upside down. Absolutely. All of a sudden, law enforcement officer, take it. You're not police. You're not, where do I go? There's only one Stacey Etel out there when they Google it. Can I get a job? And you have all that fear probably going through you. Maybe guilt, maybe shame. I don't know all the emotions you dealt with. Anger, frustration. And how did you at that time create a breakthrough? How did you take something that might've looked like a loss for a lot of people, man? I'm telling you right now, not as strong as you probably would have folded. They would have folded. They would have ran from it. You ran to it. And we're going to get into the, the goal and the mission behind the website you created, this nonprofit. But what did you do at the time? What did you pull on at the time to create a breakthrough in your life and ultimately break through and come out? And look at you now, man. You're helping other people win. Talk to us about that. What did you do to be fit for life? You know, I remember time? coming home the night after the incident and I came home early. The shooting happened at like 10 o'clock at night. And I remember coming home like 2 a.m. And I, I took a shower and I crawled in bed. And my wife's like, and remember, I have two kids that are ninth graders in high school at the time. And so I walk in the house and I crawl in bed after taking a shower. And my wife says, you're home early. And I'm like, yeah, she goes, how'd it go? And as usual, we minimize. Oh, it went good. It was a busy day. And she goes, anything going on? And I go, well, yeah, um, we shot a guy tonight. And she's like, what? <laughs> we shot a guy, right? And she's like, and here's what her question was. Is it going to be okay? Mm. And the first answer I had was, absolutely. Mm. Couldn't have gone any better, right? So that was my conversation to start with. So then take yourself five months of watching protests and, and, and watching that. And here's where the fit for life is so important. What relationship do you have with your spouse mm. who can read all the stuff that's written about you, can read all the negative attention that your group's getting and still have the belief in you as a human being and believe and have enough faith in you as a man that you made the decisions that night that were going to take care of the family down the road? Because my wife didn't work. She homeschooled mm. our kids. So you build that relationship enough. So after it was over and I, got, and I lost my job and my contract per se was non-renewed, my wife, I can remember the emotional roller coaster that we went through. And even I was depressed. I was even the one going, well, you know, what, what am I going to do now? But here's where the arrogance and here's where the, the controlling your own life comes in when you don't surrender all the time. You're like, yeah, I've got so many opportunities. Look at my resume. Who's not going to hire me? Mm. Right. But we forget there's this whole network of social media out there. 
and a thing called the internet that just brings so much attention to you, good and bad. And when you get on that negative side of it with your name, how do you overcome that? And that's the challenge we have is that's what we have to focus on is how do we move forward from the destruction of what is the only thing that's given to you that you can't take away? It's called your name. Mm. How do you overcome that? And that's the battle that I went through. And, you know, you, you, you rely on the fact that there's a plan for you. There's a purpose for you. Come on. And you have an extremely supportive spouse who's probably stronger than I was through this process who says there's something out there. And I've told people this. And, and this is so important for every one of us that are out there. When you go to a call, whether you're a firefighter, a police officer, a paramedic, when you go to a call and you spend time with somebody on the side of the road or in that car or some medical issue or some type of law enforcement response, I've said this to people. If I had to lose my job in Gainesville to come to this town to be a cop at a lower level again to start again, for me to be sitting in this room spending time with you, to impact your life, then it's worth it. All day. Then it's worth it. Yeah. And that's how you have to look at life. Is there's You're going to be utilized in whatever you're doing, and it might not be where you think you're supposed to be at that time. It's huge, man. It that's is. powerful. It's all about perspective. Yep. It's all about perspective. Absolutely. And, you know, I do want to, um, we could obviously spend all day talking about some of the things you are talking about. There's some powerful things you said. The first thing you said is every human being has a card dealt to them, yeah. right? What do you choose to do with it? What are you going to do with it? So first responders out there listening right now, I mean, what are you going to do with the hand that you've been dealt? Some of them right now are broken. They're down and out. They're struggling in life. They might not have your story, Stacey. They might, it might not be the job related or, or maybe, but what are you doing with the hand and the card that you've been dealt right now? I honestly believe you could take any situation and if you look at it a different way, all about how you see it and how you view it, your perspective, you could turn it into a win. And then you said, what, are, what relationships do you have in life? A relationship with your spouse. Some of you might not be married out there, but relationships, iron sharpens iron. And if you're out there right now, we're challenging you as a first responder to build healthy relationships now. Invest in the relationships in your life. If it's with your kids, if it's with your spouse, don't wait until life hits and an obstacle hits, adversity hits, and then you don't have those relationships set up because there's going to come times in life where you feel weak and somebody's to keep you strong. There's going to be times in life where you need somebody by your side cheering you on as a cheerleader. I mean, I think of athletes, I think of businessmen, that everybody had those people in their life that pulled them through the tough time. And then you said the last and final thing I want to put some stress and emphasis on right now is you said when you go to a call, when you spend time with people or someone on a call, it's a little bigger than just the call. That's what I got at. It's a little bigger. You have a bigger purpose out there as a first responder Absolutely. than just making an arrest. You have a bigger purpose out there than, than just, you know, uh, giving somebody an IV or fighting right. a fire. There's somebody out there right now that needs you in their life. Your purpose is huge. And we believe in you out there, Stacy. Law Enforcement Advocacy Network. All right. Obviously, this was birth. You're the executive director. This is a nonprofit. What are you guys doing to create change with this nonprofit out there? You know, the Law Enforcement Advocacy Network, in conjunction with Lawster.com and Ten Four Ministries, is is taking a proactive approach to supporting law enforcement officers that have been uh, through um, that have gotten negative attention and has changed their direction in their career. You, know, you look at the situations right now where people are being sacrificed so fast and very quickly the, the agencies and entities are separating themselves from those individuals. And here's what happens. When, something, when a crisis occurs, that individual is placed out on an island. And even their own closest friends that they thought were friends really can't be attached to them because you can't relate to them, you can't understand them, and really you don't want to attach yourself to them because it could bring negative attention. So they're out on this island and everybody's looking at them and their families and their spouses and everybody are wondering what's going on. And then... When something happens, 
that results in them losing their job or them not being able to tell their story, there's no support for them. Well, during that time, somebody has to show up and be supportive. Mm. Somebody has to show up and be the contradiction to the negative attention. Somebody has to show up to go to the media and say, hold on a minute, you're not getting the whole story here. And we're talking about those stories that we know law enforcement officers aren't doing anything wrong. We're not talking about the stories where they're out there doing bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here to support the ones that are making law enforcement decisions that unfortunately are bringing negative attention to them. That's the first part of it. We're going to show up and support them. The second part of it is we're going to give them a pedestal. We're going to give them a chance to tell their story. We're going to put them out there in a positive light. So, for instance, me, I'm sitting on your show having a conversation about something that happened to me. Mm. I'm taking my story and I have a pedestal to stand on and talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I want you to look at these guys that are out there now, whether they're in Baltimore, Missouri, or California, or Texas, or Louisiana. They can't tell their story. And what value do they have to society when they get put on that island? The same value I had? No value. Mm. And nobody wants to associate themselves to them. Companies aren't hiring them. Nobody wants them. Where do you work? Where do you work if you're the cop in Missouri? Yeah, Who's going to hire you? So our job is to say, okay, guess what we can do? We can give you a platform to tell your story. Who are we going to tell it to? We're going to tell it to the administrators that make decisions on your future. Mm. We're going to go into their conferences and get up on Who doesn't want to listen to it? If I'm the cops in Baltimore and I have a chance to tell my story, to a bunch of administrators, and you're able to impact an administrator where they change the way they handle their employee in a crisis, and that employee is protected and their family's protected and they maintain their employment and they move forward, did we not affect those lives? Wow. That's what we're trying to do. So two entities involved in it, and Love those are it. the two. So is this uh, solely for law enforcement or is this for first responders? I mean, who do you who, what's, who do you serve? Well, it's funny because we call it the Law Enforcement Advocacy Network, but let's talk about first responders for a minute. If I'm a, a district chief on a fire call yeah. and I have to send my firefighters into a building because I think they need to go in and the roof collapsed. Let's look at Charleston, South Carolina years ago and six firefighters die. I think that's what died in Charleston. If those firefighters die, Ooh, what's going to happen? The administration's coming on board and everybody's starting to look at you and, oh, you shouldn't have made that decision. Well, that's simple since yeah, I made the decision in minutes and you make decisions in weeks yeah. and months. For real. So actually, it's people making decisions in a medical, in a um, first responder role. Gotcha. Have an opportunity. Now, we focus on law enforcement because that's my background. Absolutely. And I'm not the expert, but what happens if, if two years from now we bring in fire personnel that say, hey, hold on a minute. Yeah. I went through this and now I believe that we need to do something. I have no idea, but right now our focus is because that's where our knowledge is. Yeah. That's what we're focusing on right now. Man, I am honored, first of all, to have you on the show today. I thank you for what you're doing. You are one of the reasons we do what we do at fitfirstresponders.org. It's to equip the first responders of our nation to be fit for duty, fit for life. You never know when a situation like yours, the listeners are listening right now, and, and obviously, if you're a police officer right now, law enforcement, any kind, you have some fear every time you step on the streets. Absolutely. And I think the fear is twofold. It could be a life or death situation, or it could be a career situation where, oh my gosh, if I make the wrong decision, and I, don't, and, and, and I do what I was told to do, trust in my ability, and I feel like I'm trained, but I, I'm now I'm questioning things that I'm doing. And we want 
ffronline.tv to be a platform and be a community where first responders come and they could build a relationship where iron sharpens iron. Um, but here's what I do want you to do. I do want you to have any last word right now for a first responder out there, a winning word, man. I want to give you opportunities to motivate, to encourage, to inspire, to empower, faith-based, whatever it is. There's first responders listening right now. They're down and out in life that are struggling, that are going through life and life is beating them up. And you, my friend, are a hero. You're sitting across from me. I look at you. You're winning in life. And I appreciate you doing your part. But what's your last word, your winning word for the first responders out there right now that might just need a little pickup? I just want to tell people, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, you're going to fall. Come on. Things are going to happen in your life. It's going to kick you down. And um, how do you rise back up? You know, it's, it goes back to my, my cards being dealt. That's another card in your deck of cards. Don't leave it in your back pocket. Don't sit on it all day. People stare at you and they wonder why you look depressed, why you look down, whatever. You're sitting on your cards. But that one card that you got dealt today might be what affects somebody six years from now. And you might have an opportunity to throw that card down, show them that card, whether it's your personal time, your professional time, and you might impact that person. And from my faith standpoint, we're on this earth for that purpose. And if we're here for that purpose to impact somebody, then use the experiences in life you have to impact somebody. Don't lay down on it. Play your cards. All day. Great word, my man. Hey, now, if you could tell the listeners where they can find you, Stacy, You have a personal website. You have the nonprofit. Talk to us. Where can they find you? You go to lawofficer.com. You can find plenty of stories on me. You can go to stacyattell.com, which is an easy way. It'll link you back to those articles. And it, and uh, the creation of Law Enforcement Advocacy Network will be all linked through, through uh, lawofficer.com. Man, we are super blessed and honored once again to have you on the show. We thank you from the bottom of our heart for investing. This is an investment that you made time-wise to invest in the first responders of our nation, the real heroes out there. Um, If you are out there right now listening, you are not a fit first responder. If you know there's an area of your life that you need to win more in, maybe it's at the job and you you know that you need to be more fit for duty, or maybe it's in life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in a relationship, financially, you're broken right now in life, or you just want to be more and achieve more, you just want to take to the next level, then you need to right now get over to FFRonline.tv. We got 20 20 days absolutely free of charge. After that, this is a nonprofit. If you feel led, you can give a $20 donation that goes right back in to the nonprofit to serve those that serve us. And Stacey, the last thing we do on this show is we take time to honor those that deserve to be honored. So if you're listening right now and you are a first responder out there, this is your time. We're at FFR. We take the time to honor Honor those that deserve to be honored and recognize those that deserve to be recognized. If you are the finest, the bravest, the toughest, the baddest on the streets, if you are a police officer, law enforcement of any kind, a firefighter, a medic, National Guard, if you are a real hero right now that puts your life on the line every single day on our streets, then right now, from FFR to you, we want to say thank you. Thank you for doing your part. Thank you for being our hero and thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for life. This is Coach JC, and I'll get at you next time. Thanks again, Stacy. Thank you so much, JC. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for life.